0: No reason to exist. You're at the coffee shop, sitting by the window in your favorite spot. He sits at the table next to you. He's wearing a tropical shirt. He's got this scraggly little beard. Why why are you remembering this? He looks nervous. He's shaking a little. He's drinking a decaf cortada. He's chugging it down fast. He's definitely drinking furtively. That word just pops into your head. Furtively. You never use that word. It means with guilty nervousness. How do you know it's a Cortada? How do you know it's decaf? You know this because he is drinking your drink. He drinks your drink and he leaves and you need to know who and why. This episode contains actual statements from suspects in an ongoing investigation. These people and these events are real. You may find this episode upsetting, you may find this episode disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. On the afternoon in question, I was spending some time in one of my favorite coffee shops, Flight Coffee in Dover, New Hampshire. I placed my order and sat down by the window. A few minutes later, a man fitting the description you just heard, tropical shirt, scrappy beard, sat down next to me and quickly, nervously, drank a drink. It was in a small cup, the kind they use for my drink, the Cortada. He set the cup down on the table and he left. I had a sense that something had gone very awry. That my order had been called and he was drinking it right in front of me. I wanted to be wrong and I hoped I was wrong. But after another minute or two, I went up to the counter. I talked to the barista and the sad truth was clear. My drink had been stolen, and I had watched the thief chug it down and leave, and then I just sat there. I went back to my spot and waited for my cortada. In today's episode, we'll sift through clues, eyewitness accounts, taped interviews, physical evidence, expert testimony. Because when something like this happens, you need to get to the bottom of it. You changed the uh, seating arrangements since the incident, we had to. That's Kelly Bauer, owner of Flake Coffee in Dover, New Hampshire. Because I was over there by the window, Uh I ordered my drink, I went over there, sat down, and then the guy that grabbed it sat down right next to me and I watched him drink my drink.
1: I don't know how, how did you re, how did you react to that? How did you handle it? I just sat there and, and stared at him and tried to take it in,
0: you know. Um, he seemed nervous.
1: Well, that's a very I, passive approach. I mean, you could have, you know, <laughs> done something more direct, right? Right. had a lot of options at your disposal. I think I was shocked, and the guy seemed a little
0: nervous. Uh, like he was in a hurry for some reason. It was guilt. It was, yeah. Just straight up Catholic okay. guilt. He knew what he did. Yeah, he did. So is that something that happens in coffee shops? So
1: it does happen. Um, I I would say it it accidentally happens quite often where somebody will order, you know, something fairly standard like a latte, and then the barista calls out, I have a latte for here. And, of course, everybody's ordered a latte, and there's 70 people waiting for their latte, so it's really Survivor Island at that point. Whoever gets there first gets it.
0: So I ordered a decaf Cortada, which I've never heard anyone order
1: before well that guy must he's going to be sorely disappointed then right because he didn't get i mean the cortado is really the half dairy half espresso i mean and he's he was probably looking for some real espresso right
0: or it's just trying to steal a drink and that was the next one that came up look if you're going to steal a drink
1: you're going to steal something a lot bigger than a cortado that is the smallest drink we have in the building so clearly i mean maybe maybe he was trying to Maybe it thought it was pocket size, He could have like tucked it away in his pocket and ran. So I'm curious though, I wasn't, did he actually sit there and drink it and enjoy it next to you?
0: Yeah, but he drank it really fast and then he left in a hurry. I wonder if it was the decaf running
1: through him quickly.
0: Does decaf move more quickly through the system than it's none? Lower,
1: it's got a lower viscosity, it absolutely does. So I was gonna ask you if you had cameras I do have cameras, and I think if you were sitting over there, I absolutely, that's in scope of, um, of the nest in the hangar, and I think we could, I've only got a 10-day history, so I, I yeah, that's the, that's the bummer, right? Yeah.
0: Damn, I should have come to you
1: sooner. If you had come to me sooner, we really yeah. could have uh, at least publicly shamed <laughs> this individual <you> know, on <laughs> yeah. social media. Yeah.
0: Kelly was cooperating fully. He was upbeat, maybe too upbeat. Was he hiding something? If I see him again, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Is that um It sounds like identity? my son. No, I know what your son looks like. <laughs> Unless he was wearing a disguise. Does he have a disguise with a black beard and curly hair? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, yeah. all right. That's right. His son, Kelly's son Jackson was there that day. I continued the interrogation. I'm so sad.
1: What can we do to make this up to you? I mean, you're, you're really the victim of an unfortunate situation. I don't like to have any unhappy customers. I mean, I'm glad that we're here discussing this, but what can I do? To well, the barista this right?
0: made me a drink right away. And he delivered did. it straight to the table okay. so it couldn't be intercepted, so you like know, right then. The nuclear football yeah. directly to yes. you. Yes, and he, he prioritized it. Next drink yes. will go to you, and that's it. And um, I was going to ask you one other thing. Does your insurance
1: policy cover things like this? Absolutely, we are overinsured. We we strive to be overinsured, so um, almost any situation that could happen in here, I'm very likely insured for. Um, I, I do have, however, though I think probably somewhere like a thousand dollar deductible. So we're gonna have to, I think, do at the, at the cortado at three fifty. Someone's going to have to steal about 400 cortados for it to really start to become worth it to
0: me. All right, it has to become a plague of stolen cortados, decaf cortados
1: before any real legal action or... But you you tell me. I mean, look, I'm an opportunist. If you think there's a market for people to buy insurance to not have their coffee stolen, so immediate coffee replacement, um, you know, no no deductible. Right. I mean, would you be willing to pay $3 a month or $2 a month for a service like that? For coffee insurance? Yeah. It
0: certainly seemed like... He would do anything in his power to get to the truth. Would he be so willing if he knew his son was the thief? After he showed me around, including some areas not accessible to regular clientele, we continued our conversation in the basement, where it was quieter. I called this bluff, not knowing if it was a bluff or not. So um, what's your relationship with the local police, if I want to get them involved?
1: I would, I would highly recommend that. I love the local police here in Dover. Matter of fact, I was just talking to um, one of the mounted police down in front of aircraft. I think it's fantastic that we have horses. That we they would probably deploy a horse, um, a mounted patrol for this situation. I would think so. And honestly police officers and theft of coffee, like that's a match made in heaven. I think we could probably get the entire force down here to do some research and make sure that uh, yeah. they understand perfectly the cortado in question. They probably want to sample two or three or five. Right. Um, I would always urge to use the, the Dover police. I think they're outstanding. And um,
0: yeah. do, the, do the police have experience with decaf cortadas though?
1: In my, in my experience, um, police are really just a regular... Hot coffee type of crowd. Um, I haven't seen too many of the police. Uh, certainly, the chief will go for more of the lattes and get into the dairy products. And I've seen some of the tea lattes as well for dispatch. But the the patrolmen specifically really tend to gravitate towards regular coffee. And and I, I mean, there's a phrase, death before decaf. I mean, I know you enjoy your decaf coffee, and you probably have your reasons, but not by choice. Fair fair enough. Um, Decaf is a very small percentage of what we do here, and I think varies almost a minuscule percent of what the police force would consume. I think they're in it to win it.
0: I didn't play all my cards with Kelly. He was cooperating fully, but in a situation like this, everyone's a suspect. There's a piece of evidence I haven't told you about, and I hadn't mentioned it to Kelly either. The man who'd stolen my cortada, he was holding a small piece of paper while he drank it. And when I went back to my seat to wait for my cortada again, I noticed that he'd left the paper behind. I picked it up It had an address scribbled on it. Adult Learning Center, McConnell Hall, Dover, New Hampshire.
2: I work in two areas of handwriting, which I started in 1967, and uh, so most of what I do these days is I'm a forensic handwriting examiner. So in cases of forgery, I'm the person that goes to court and testifies, you know, on your behalf. Uh, What I did for most of my career was in uh, what we did here with a sample that you sent me, and that was behavioral profiling through handwriting. I
0: spoke with Sheila Lowe, a forensic handwriting examiner an expert in gestalt graphology.
2: There are two basic kinds of handwriting analysis. One of them is empirical, atomistic. It looks at little pieces like you're looking at through a microscope where you have a very small field of vision. So you have to, you know, take this piece and that piece and build it up into a picture. I don't do that. I use the other method which is called the gestalt method. I, I mentioned the, the the atomistic one because that's what most people in this country use. But I use the Gestalt European method which looks at the handwriting it's like looking through a telescope so you're seeing the whole picture. Okay, So what that means is that no one piece of handwriting means anything outside the context. So let's say you have... You talk about your T-bars are crossed high. Well... Okay, that may mean one thing in this picture, but the same characteristic in another picture, another handwriting, could be interpreted differently.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Sheila examined the handwriting sample with me in great detail and great depth. Here are some of the portions of her analysis which seem most relevant to the
2: matter at hand. Looking at this writing, what I'm seeing is a large writing overall on a small piece of paper. Um, and and there's a lot of variability in it. The baseline, that's the line that you write on, whether it's printed or invisible. It's going up and down. The, the, um, the slant is changeable. And there's a lot of variability in this writing. And so the conclusion that I reached is that it's somebody who likes to be the center of attention. Or... I, You know, likes to be, that's not even the right word. It's someone who makes themselves the center of attention. Um, And if they're not the center of attention, they're likely to do something, even something negative that will draw the spotlight back onto them.
0: If they're not the center of attention, they'll do something, even something negative, to draw the spotlight onto them. If that's not the profile of a man wearing a Hawaiian shirt I don't know what is.
2: There's a, a very little self-control in this writing because of all the variability. And we noticed that uh, you, you mentioned the crossed-out word at the bottom of the paper. But also in the second word, learning, uh, the, the E is scribbled over. and yeah. So those are indications in this picture of somebody who doesn't like to be wrong. They're more apt to cover up their mistakes and to take responsibility for them. And you know, because the large size, overall size in handwriting has a lot to do with uh, how much space you believe you deserve to take up in the world. And so this is this person believes, <laughs> they, they know that they're, they're taking up a lot of space. And because the, the width of the letters is almost the same as the height, So let me say that the width, the the height of the letters shows uh, it's your ego needs. And the width of the letters, the middle letters, have to do with your ego strength. And so because the letters are pretty rounded, this is somebody who is not afraid to reach out and grab for what he thinks uh, he deserves.
0: That's exactly what this person did. Reached out and grabbed what he thought he deserved. While I was doing my research, Kelly had gone ahead and questioned some of the baristas at flight. This is Kieran. Think about the profile you just heard. Ask yourself, is
3: this the guy?
0: Is Kieran the thief?
3: So apparently I'm a suspect in this uh, case, and I just want to clear the air a bit and say that I've never ordered a macchiato any sort, um, I get free drinks, I don't need a, a macchiato, I, I like milk, and I, film is not my thing, and I know I'm stuttering and sounding very guilty right now, but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> But what about the Hawaiian shirt, Karen? The Hawaiian shirt, yeah, that, that is pretty damning evidence, I, I agree, um, not many people wear those, especially here in New Hampshire, but, um, Oh, I mean, come on. It's not even the time of year. Uh, This happened a long time ago, didn't it? And I don't wear that shirt anymore. It's been in a pile in my room for a very long time. Uh, And you would remember it. No one says avocados and like, oh yeah, that's a Hawaiian shirt. Like, come on. No, that's that's an avocado shirt. It's a style. Please you're confident. I am very confident, even though I don't sound like it. He seems to fit the
0: profile. He'll say anything to convince us he's right. But he is right about the shirt. The thief was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Kieran was wearing an avocado shirt. Both of those kinds of shirts fit the psych profile, but they're different shirts. Kieran was off the hook. Then there was Kelly's son,
4: Jackson. Hi, I'm Jackson. I was at flight the day Danny ordered his macchiato. I do remember someone actually ordering a macchiato. And it, um, I can't recall a Hawaiian shirt. I know um, multiple people have told me it was a Hawaiian shirt. I do know Danny, and I do know that he ordered a macchiato. But I actually saw someone go up to the counter right around the time Danny was Because I was like, who orders a macchiato? I've, I've worked at flight for over a year, and I can probably count the people that order macchiatas on, on two hands. And he was not wearing a Hawaiian shirt, he was wearing a trench coat, um, he had sideburns too. He kind of looked to my age, and I think I, I recognized the person, so if you probably gave me a few names, I could probably say who it was. Are uh, the faces familiar? Um, kind of darker hair. Again, he had these big sideburns. They weren't fully grown in, they were kind of like a little choppy. Um, he stumbled around a little bit, but he he went for the door pretty quickly. So maybe he, it was intentional. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's all I can all I can really give you.
0: So what am I supposed to make of this? Kelly's son Jackson presents a completely alternate theory. Trench coat man, choppy sideburns guy grabs my drink, and stumbles out the door another suspect to consider. And why wouldn't Patrick, the barista who made my drink, why wouldn't he submit to an interview? I had more questions than answers. I went through my files again, and I found a piece of evidence that I'd missed before, a document I'd overlooked. It was a journal entry I'd made at the time of the event. With this in hand, I spoke with Kelly again. Hey, Danny. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing well. How, how about yourself? Not too bad. I have to let you know I'm recording this call, okay?
5: That's fair. I expected that.
0: There's been some new developments in the case. Okay. I can't wait to hear about them. So what happened is I found contemporaneous journal entry. When I was at the cafe, when it happened. All right. So this is exciting. I have some details I want to go over with you. Yeah. One thing is, it was a decaf macchiato, not a cortada. Oh. Okay. The plot That It says, this is straight out of the journal. Yup, that guy grabbed my drink. Shirt with tropical crap on it. Hipstery glasses. He didn't even bust his cup. What a scoundrel! So does this help you identify the person at all?
2: Wow,
5: so I guess the first thing that comes to mind is is Jimmy Buffett. Um, and I think I would have noticed him, or maybe Gary Busey, because I've seen some I've seen some pictures of Gary Busey described just like that. Um, Wow, so a Hawaiian shirt in Dover, New Hampshire. It's not ringing a bell.
0: So here's another piece of the puzzle. I it's it's dated September 9th, twenty eighteen, approximately three p.m.
5: I say one thing I can do is I can literally go into the sales records and find exactly uh, this order, and um, so that the date is very helpful for me. And I could find your order, and then I might be able to look at names around, um, you know, orders of, of customers if they use credit cards. I right. could probably look up orders, you know, that were placed around the time that yours was. Maybe there's another, you know, like you said, maybe there's another macchiato uh, in question. Um, I may be able to identify this person. The, the timing is is really helpful. So what was the, what was the time
0: again? So it was September 9th. 2018, approximately 3 p.m. 3 p.m.
5: Perfect. Okay. So, um, I mean, I'm live. I, I don't know how much time you have, but I am live in the system. Oh. And uh, and I have the orders from right around 3 o'clock on the night. And uh, I see a tea to go, I see a chai to go, a caramel latte. I'm going to back up a little bit uh, because I'm getting close to 4.
0: Yeah, it might have been earlier.
5: Yeah. Um Let me just go back a page. Let's see. Banana bread. Batch brew. I know him. Great thing is we know a lot of our customers.
0: Yeah, and looking at my notes here, it says something i didn't mention let me see here i me just read it right off oh did he even buy a drink so yeah i might yeah. have watched the guy come in stand there and then just grab my drink i wasn't sure it was mine yet because i couldn't see what he picked up and then watched him drink it and then come to find out oh that was my drink he didn't even buy one
5: do you remember what else you ordered besides the decaf macchiato?
0: It might have just been the the decaf macchiato. It's possible there was banana bread involved because I often buy that.
5: I've seen you with a banana bread before, which is why I'm asking. One more second, I'm almost through all of these. I see the cortado. So your order, I I have your order right here. Uh, you ordered a, you had a donut and a decaf macchiato. Uh,
0: oh yes, so a donut. I can,
5: okay. I, I can confirm that at two forty-five.
0: Oh wow! This is exciting.
5: Yeah, it is. Kind of is, right? I feel like we're on the we're on the path. Um. The macchiato is very interesting because we do such a uh, we do a traditional Italian macchiato, which is really a double shot of espresso marked with with uh, with foam.
0: Right.
5: So, you know, it'd be hard to confuse that with anything else. You could confuse it with a double shot for sure. I mean, it would be excellent to find another small drink like that. I see cappuccinos, I see mochas. Mochas are really popular. Um, but it'd be great to find another order that could have been, you know, confused with yours.
0: Well, I think not actually, seeing one confirms that he didn't order anything. He just came and uh, grabbed a drink.
5: That's right. Well, I see a Cortado, right? Yeah. So it was literally wow. a couple minutes after you. I, I have a name here. Oh. Um, of a Cortado. So, oh, I see. Yeah, let me... Uh,
0: was it a decaf?
5: It was not a decaf, but let me just quickly move over to uh, Facebook.
0: The other thing is, a, a Cortado would not be confused with a Macchiato, because your Cortado is in the glass cup, whereas your Macchiato is in the little traditional espresso cup. But this one was to go,
5: and... So it's very possible that somebody, you know... You could confuse it if it was, was to-go, for sure.
0: But if it was to-go, it would have been in a to-go cup and he would have taken it. Yep, yep, that's right. Actually, I'm not, I'm not seeing anything
5: around that time. I'm back to 220, and I've gone, you know, certainly to after um, yours was stolen. Okay. And I'm not seeing another Macchiato order placed. And so, I, you know, I think this is probably... I think we could call this an intentional, an, an intentional act here. Wow. Yeah, because everything else appears to be, you know, lots of lattes, chives, a couple of cortados, but um, it's a grab. I think it's a. I, I think we can confirm that it was an intentional act here and not a mistake. I mean, there's there were some cortados, you know, again wouldn't confuse them, but they're into go-cups. Yeah. Um, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, your orders, your orders kind of stands on its own. You're the only macchiato within an hour of either side. Okay. <laughs> and double shot. Okay. So I, I don't have a name. It, it, I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was a, an absolute, uh, outright, intentional act.
0: So that's it. An absolute, outright, intentional act. And the guy is still out there. It seemed like as we were zeroing in at the same time, we're casting the net wider and wider. Trenchcoat Man, Sideburns, Gary Busey, Jimmy Buffett. It could be anyone. Would I ever know the answer? As I put this episode together, I comb through everything again. Every shred. And you know when there are a bunch of... Messages in Gmail were the same subject, and they're all kind of jumbled together. Well, I had missed one. An email from Kelly. Subject, have you seen this? It was Patrick, the barista who made the drink, my drink, on that fateful day.
5: So Patrick, we talked, you haven't had a chance to meet up with Danny. You are the barista I, that I, made it. the macchiato, but you also I spent some time thinking about this you might have something you want to share.
6: I did. um, On that day, I remember the macchiato. It was a nice macchiato, a little bit of a swan in there. I was hoping it would get out to Danny's properly. But I I kind of turned away, you know, making all the drinks. People usually come up, get their drinks. I saw probably a flash of like a brown jacket, someone about yay high, like a black sort of beard on him. I thought I'd seen him before, so I figured that this was probably okay. He's been in a lot of open mics, does some, like, guitar, like, twiddling on there, and tells a lot of stories but doesn't sing a lot of songs. So I just figured that that was good. When Danny came up said he didn't get it, I was like, really?
5: So you, so you actually think you remember the guy who took the macchiato?
6: Oh yeah, I didn't see him like full on, but yeah. I saw him out of like the corner of my eye when he came to get
5: it. And you've seen him before?
6: Oh, I've seen him here multiple times, yeah.
5: At the open mics?
6: Yeah,
5: so as I said. If we could if we could see this guy again and find a picture, you could, you, you could pick him out of the lineup.
6: I think I could identify him, yeah.
5: Wow, this is great
6: news. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick. Anything else? No, I got lattes to make.
0: So Patrick remembered that day with perfect clarity. He even remembered the swan in the macchiata. I remember that swan. But the only person fitting that description, I mean, I've been to every open mic for a year before that cortada. And the only guy there who had a black beard and just twiddles his guitar instead of playing songs and told a bunch of stories? That was me. This song is called Sparrow Serenade. It's by Chad Church. The other two songs on the episode were Pill by Blear Moon and Earthwork by Hinterheim. Thank you, Sheila Lowe. For expert handwriting analysis Thank you Kelly For going so far above And beyond The call of duty Thank you Jackson, Kieran, Patrick Baristas everywhere We miss you At the time I'm recording this We're all still sort of locked down In pandemic world We really miss you Thanks to my supporters on Patreon You too can support This podcast for less than the cost of a decaf, macchiata, or cortata, just head over to patreon.com no reason to exist. If you're already supporting me there, thank you. You know, how can we make this up to you, Danny? No, no, <laughs> you already have. <laughs> um... <laughs>
5: But I was, we've implemented <laughs> new measures to, to, to make sure that people know what drink is there is exactly where it is. Yes. And, uh,
0: and you You've undergone two grueling interviews and I'm asking you to check in with your security company to see if there's any footage they can look at. Let me get back to you. Maybe there is something you could do to make it up to me somehow. <laughs> no reason to exist